Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It is the 31st day of August 2023, the last day, guys, of the eighth month of this year already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tick-tock. Um, this is episode 700 and what? 85. Good Lord of Bitcoin. And I got a lot of Noster stuff today. Lots and lots of Noster stuff. And just because I got lots of Noster stuff doesn't mean that we're going to be going like the full hour or something like that. I am not exactly sure how long this one's going to go. It may actually end up being shorter than normal, but there's really not a whole lot of stuff going on in in Bitcoin land. Everybody seems to be waiting, sitting on their hands. Uh, We got a price depression going on in in Bitcoin this morning. Uh, It looks like the momentum from the SEC decision has uh, kind of petered out. And we're on the downslope, so we're lo- I think we've lost about two percent so far from um, yesterday. Anyway, that's I mean it's just hey that's the way it goes. So let's start getting into some of this stuff before we get into Noster and the rest of the news. We're going to start with this one: Twitter or Zitter or whatever you want to call this thing anymore uh, has well. They've gotten they've gone draconian and authoritarian and it's just getting it's getting weird. Musk is is getting really, really strange, honestly. Um Twitter can now this is by the way, this is from Daily Mail. Uh Matthew Phelan uh, for Daily Mail is writing it. Twitter can now harvest your biometric information, including your fingerprint. It can do face recognition and eye tracking data. As Musk's site quietly updates its T and C's for safety purposes. <laughs> safety purposes is in quotes. Aha, I love it. The social media platform formerly known as Twitter can now harvest your biometric data and DNA. I don't know about that one. We'll, we'll find out. The new update quietly added to the platform's privacy policy says that X now has permission to harvest its users' fingerprints, retinal scans, voice and face recognition, and keystroke patterns. That should scare the living crap out of everybody. Uh, The update would mean that anyone who uses fingerprint verification to log in to to the app from their phone or post selfies or videos to the platform or speaks their minds on X spaces could see their unique biometric data cataloged by the company. The new policy, which describes its interest in users' biometrics as for safety, security, and identification purposes, also added the platform's intent to scrape up data on its users' job history, educational background, and job search activity. Holy crap. The move 
follows nearly a year of turmoil for the microblogging app, which has included Musk requesting that its users pay subscription fees for premium services and verification, part of his larger plan to recover from cratering advertising revenue. For over a decade, big tech companies have stoked controversy and concerned privacy advocates with their persistent interest in collecting their customers' biometric data. China's viral video sensation TikTok, for example, gave itself permission to collect users' fingerprints or face prints and voice prints with a privacy policy update back in 2021. And this summer, Facebook's parent company, Meta, announced its intention to finally sunset its facial recognition system, which had been automatically IDing users as well as their friends and family in photos for over a decade. Meta's VP of AI Research, Jerome Pezenti, said the move was a response to the many concerns about the place of facial recognition technology in society. While it remains unclear what Musk or X intends to do with users' biometric data, Musk has been vocal in his desire to rid the site of inauthentic accounts and bots since he purchased the company last year. In a move that might offer a clue toward Musk's future plan, To mine and profit off of users' biometric data, the billionaire announced via a post to X that users will soon be able to make video and audio calls through X itself. Quote, no phone numbers needed, Musk said, following up on on past comments that the platform would allow users to shield their phone numbers from parties on the other end of the call. X is an effective global address book. Pending litigation might be another factor that played in the company's updates to to its privacy policy. A class action lawsuit filed in Cook County, Illinois on July the 11th of this year accused X of wrongfully capturing, storing, and using the biometric data of Illinois residents without their consent. Musk's company, the complaint said, quote, has not adequately informed individuals who have interacted knowingly or not, with Twitter, that it collects and or stores their biometric identifiers in every photograph containing a face that is uploaded, end quote. The case rests on the platform's licensing and use of Microsoft's photo DNA software since approximately 2015 to police pornographic and other not-safe-for-work images posted to Twitter and now X. The class action lawsuit is seeking $5,000 for each and every reckless violation of BIPA, which is Illinois State's uh, Biometric Information Privacy Act, as well as a court-ordered demand that X store users' biometric data in compliance with Illinois state law. All right, so that's where the DNA thing is coming coming in. Uh, Microsoft's photo DNA is apparently where that thing came up in the, uh, uh, oh, the the headline or the the first few uh, uh, sentences of this article that is basically telling us that at this point there's no holds barred. These people, they, they're just going to harvest everything that they can. It kind of does make me wonder if they are recognizing that they are all being sunsetted by things like Noster. They will never admit that to anybody in public. They will say Noster is just stupid and that nobody's ever going to use it. And for the time being, they are in fact correct. Okay, I, I love Noster. It's the only thing that I use now because it's just so much more... It feels so much more, so much better than any of the other platforms. There's hardly, honestly, there's very little rage. 
There's no algorithms that are basically setting you to be, you know, get all pissed off every single time that you open the app. I see pretty much nothing but good tidings all the time, but I, you know, I do see some idiocy like some drive chain stuff that's going on and I don't really want to get into that one. But other than that, I find it a much more pleasant environment to be part of. Facebook and all the rest of these things, especially Zitter or Twitter or Xer or whatever you want to call it, has become so toxic, so poisonous that it's just, it's un, it seems to me unbearable. Some of the stories that I'm hearing are just unbearable. And now this, if you somehow or another, if it is the case that the lighting is, is, just right and you are taking you know a video of yourself or a really high quality picture of yourself and as phones get better cameras installed into them which is always going to happen it's not outside the question that it might be able to get a good shot of your retina it depends on lighting it really does it all depends on the lighting and it depends specifically even more so on the quality of the camera, the angle of the camera and all that. But if you're constantly on video doing, you know, or doing spaces or doing, you know, I mean the, the voice print, that's, that's a clear gotcha. They've got that. They've got that in spades, but retinas, your irises, everything else as cameras on the phone become higher quality and the longer you spend in front of you know that camera and you're streaming whatever to zitter you have every they have every opportunity in the world to collect more shit about you than you can possibly know and i am assuming that they are able to get your fingerprint scan every time that you decide to use your iphone or anything else that's in, with fingerprint scanning enabled technology to log into other applications then they've got that this is, if you're still using this platform, please consider leaving that platform. Okay. Now, uh, let's do this one. Binance to gradually end support for BUSD products. Well, that's like almost being not even hardly talked about today anywhere that I can see. But this is Coindesk and who's writing it but Jamie Crawley. Cryptocurrency exchange Binance said it will gradually end support for its BUSD stablecoin removing it from spot and margin trading pairs. Users have been asked to convert their BUSD into other assets by February of next year in an announcement on Thursday. In the more immediate future, Binance is delisting BUSD as a loanable asset on September the 6th and will cease withdrawals of Binance-pegged BUSD tokens via BNB Chain, Avalanche, Polygon, and Tron the next day, September the 7th. A decision to end support for BUSD has been expected since stablecoin issuer Paxos was ordered to stop minting the coin in February. Binance CEO Shang Peng Zhao said at the time that BUSD will slowly wind down over time. Although the timing of the phasing out was unclear, the decision to stop BUSD loans within a week's notice suggests those timelines have been pushed up. Quote, as Paxos has halted minting of new BUSD. Binance will gradually see support for BUSD products, Binance said. Quote, please be assured that BUSD will always be backed one-to-one -one by 
USDs. Yeah, BUSD's 24-hour trading volume is just under $900 million, according to CoinMarketCap. The stablecoin was subject to a regulatory clash after the New York Department of Financial Services' February order for Paxos to stop issuing it. Binance was subsequently sued by the Commodity and Futures Trading Commission in the United States on allegations that it was offering unregistered crypto derivative products against federal law. Earlier this week, signs of a fresh legal clash for the exchange came to light when the United States SEC submitted a sealed motion related to Binance, which allows it to file sensitive or confidential information without revealing the contents publicly. Oh, good mercy. So I guess they're going to have some more stuff. But BUSD, if you didn't know, was kind of a big deal. And yeah, I mean, you know, Paxos did stop minting it and was or, was ordered to do so by federal uh, regulatory uh, bodies, but it was a big deal. And now it's back in the news and it's going to be delisted by Binance, which I think is actually a bigger deal than what, what it's being made out to be. Because again, it's just regulatory clampdown. Although I was never going to be a fan of BUSD because it's just, it's just garbage. You don't need it. It's if you really need a stable coin, there's at least there's USDC, there's USDT. It, I mean, honestly, how many of these things do you really actually need if you need them at all? And while some people definitely do, I don't. So I don't necessarily care, but it is signaling that the U.S. regulatory environment is continuing to clamp down on any kind of on and off ramp that you can find. Now, Speaking of clamping down, Savannah Fortis has this one from Cointelegraph about NVIDIA. U.S. officials extend export curbs on NVIDIA AI chip to some Middle Eastern countries. Uh, Yes, because we're all scared of brown people, I guess. Regulators in the United States have asked NVIDIA to curb exports of artificial intelligence chips to some Middle Eastern countries, according to its latest quarterly report. In the report released on August the 28th, the company said the new regulations affects its A100 and H100 chips, which help enhance the speed of machine learning tasks. Advanced Micro Devices, a direct competitor of NVIDIA, was also given a letter by U.S. regulators requesting the same ban on high-level AI chip exports to some Middle Eastern countries, according to a Reuters report. The quarterly report from NVIDIA states that the new regulatory filing would not have an immediate material impact on its business, nor does it make up a meaningful portion of its revenue. However, in a separate statement, it said it's working with the United States government to address the matter. The quarterly report did mention the ongoing AI chip export regulations the U.S. government has placed on China. NVIDIA said that past restrictions have still allowed them to sell alternative products in China, including the less powerful A800 and H800 chips. However, the company warned that long-term results could be harmed if it is effectively excluded from all or part of China. Of its one or no, wow, $13.5 billion in sales from the recent fiscal quarter ending on July the 30th, the majority came from the United States, China, and Taiwan, and about 13.9% came from other countries combined. Initial export controls were implemented in October of 2022 by the Biden admin in an effort to isolate China from powerful semiconductor chips. I don't think the Biden administration understands what 
TSMC is all about, but whatever. On June the 29th, officials in Washington said that they are considering tightening restrictions on AI chip exports to China even further and limiting the compute power of chips to stunt the flow of chip availability in the Chinese market. In response to the measures taken by the United States, the Chinese government said it will control the export of gallium and germanium products which are primary components to produce AI chips. So looks like we have a commodity war on the horizon, ladies and gentlemen. AI-related regulations and restrictions coming from the U.S. has caused uh, other countries to consider their own position in the race to develop powerful systems. Uh, this not not the best, not the smartest move by the United States because because of the rare earth elements that we are not in control of. See, this is the problem that the United States has been incurring ever since we decided to basically just become a service economy. We don't have, I mean, we've got a lot of natural resources, energy specifically. We've also got a lot of wood products. We've got iron, we've got aluminum, we've got all that shit. But rare earth minerals, we are sorely Lacking, Unless somebody's made a discovery in the last 24 hours, last I heard, the United States does not have a whole shit ton of stockpile of gallium, germanium, or, well, a lot of the other stuff. Hell, even cobalt. I mean, which is not really a rare earth metal, but we do need it for batteries and whatnot like that. Still, the gallium and germanium alone is a major component to chip manufacturing. And now they're just going to withhold it. Why? Well, because we're withholding chips from them. You know, I still say that the major, you know, the major cause of terrorism in the entire world are the governments of the world because they keep screwing over the citizenry and the citizenry or portions of it have a tendency to react in a very, very nasty manner. And honestly, if they would, if the governments would just stop touching things and touching, it's almost like kids in the back seat. Stop touching each other. You're, you're on a road trip. You're trying to go somewhere, you're trying to have a pleasant little trip. And all of a sudden the kids in the back seat start licking their fingers and shoving it in each other's ears. What do you think's going to happen? It's going to be a miserable trip. The same thing here. They're just children. At this point, I think that all these governments are all acting like babies. They're just little kids. And I wish that they would just basically stop doing what they're doing. But, you know, eh, whatever. Uh, Let's get into, let's see, where are we at here? Okay, content moderation on Primal. Let's start getting into some Noster stuff. All right. Um, It's been... We've been talking about this for a while. Primal has caught the ire of several people on Noster. Corn DeLorean is definitely one of the uh, people that has spoken out against it, as well as Simisol, who's basically made their zapping and trending features a living nightmare for the guys over at Primal. But Primal can do whatever Primal wants to do, right? It's it it's their platform. If you don't like what Primal's doing, then there is Snort, there's Iris, there's all, there's, you can go to Domus, there's Amethyst on, on uh, Android. 
There's all manner of clients, and that's what makes the Nostra protocol or a protocol such a special thing that is deserving of our respect and attention is that anybody can build upon a protocol. Well, on at least on this protocol, because it's basically released out into the wild, so anybody can build on it. But because anybody can build on it, those who built upon it can also build whatever it is they want to on it, and that includes content moderation. So Milgen has a rundown over what's going on with content moderation on Primal because they've changed a bunch of stuff. Let's get into it. Primal just launched a new content moderation system for Noster, offering powerful tools, perfect transparency, and complete user control. Already there's a problem with that sentence. Now, I, I like Miljan. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's M-I-L-J-A-N for those of you who are wondering. But when he says Primal just launched a new content moderation system for Noster, what he really means is Primal just launched a new content moderation system for Primal that works on top of Noster. It's very important to keep these things clear. Primal is the client. Noster is the protocol. Primal hasn't done anything to Noster. They've just filtered what the Noster well, what the Noster firehose of information is able to stream to the Primal users. Okay, so let's get into it. As Noster continues to grow, we need to consider the reality of content moderation on such a radically open network at scale. Anyone is able to post anything to Noster. Anyone is able to build anything on Noster, which includes running bots basically for free. There is no central arbiter of truth. So how do we navigate all of this? How do we find signal and avoid the stuff we don't want to see? More importantly, how do we avoid the nightmare of centralized content moderation and censorship that plagues the legacy social media? At Primal, we were motivated by the feedback from our users to build a new content moderation system for Noster. We now offer moderation tools based on the wisdom of the crowd, combined with Primal's open source spam detection algorithm. So we have it now. Every part of our content filtering system is now optional. We provide perfect transparency over what is being filtered and give complete control to the user. Read on to learn about how our system works. Wisdom of the crowd. Every Noster user is able to define their personal mute list. Accounts whose content they don't want to see. This simple tool is effective but laborious because the user needs to mute each non-wanted account individually. However, everyone's mute list is public on Noster so we can leverage the work of other users. Primal's content moderation system enables you to subscribe to any number of mute lists. You can select a group of people that you respect and rely on their collective judgment to hide irrelevant or offensive content. Outsourcing the moderation work to a group of people you personally selected is much better than having to do all of the work yourself. But unfortunately, it won't always be sufficient. Spam bots are capable of creating millions of Nostra accounts that can infiltrate your threads faster than your network of humans is able to mute them. This is why we built a spam detection algorithm, which Primal users can now subscribe to. There will be algorithms. Noster, Noster users have a natural aversion to algorithms. Many of us are here in part because we can't stand the manipulated feeds by the legacy social media systems. One of the most insidious examples of manipulation is shadow banning, which is secretly reducing the visibility of an account through the entire site 
where their posts are hidden from their followers and the replies don't show up in conversation threads. It's understandable that many Nostra users are suspicious of algorithms to such an extent that they don't want any algorithms in their feeds at all. Those users will enjoy Primal's default latest feed, which simply shows the chronological list of notes by the accounts that they follow. We even support viewing another user's latest feeds, which feeds, which enables consuming Nostra content from that person's point of view without any algorithmic intervention. But algorithms are just tools. And obviously, not all algorithms are bad. For example, we can use them to detect spam, spam, or not safe for work content. In our view, algos will play an important role in Nostra content moderation and discovery. We envision a future in which there is an open marketplace for algorithms, giving a range of choices to the user. At this early stage of Nostra development, it's important to consider the guiding principle for responsible and ethical use of algorithms. And at Primal, we are thinking about it as follows. Number one, all algorithms should be optional. Two, the user should be able to choose which algorithm will be used. Three, algorithms should be open sourced and verifiable by anyone independently. And fourth, the output of each algorithm should be perfectly transparent to the user. Perfect transparency. Our new content moderation system enables users to easily check whether a Nostra account is included on any of the filter lists that they subscribe to. This simple search provides complete transparency regarding the inclusion of a given account in any of the active filter lists. Beyond that, it would be helpful to provide all filter lists in their entirety. Note that this is not trivial to do because these lists can get quite large. Our goal is to provide them in the most efficient way possible. We are working on exposing them via Nostra data vending machines. Stay tuned for more information on this in the coming days. Complete control. The user should always have the final word on filtering. If, after configuring all of the filtering settings to your liking, you find that some legit accounts are being filtered, you can specify your never filter allow list, which will override all filtering. We are persisting this allow list as a standard Nostra categorized people list, which is kind 30,000. That's like event kind Event kind number one is your basic note. This is of kind 30,000 so that other Nostra clients can leverage it as well. In addition, everyone you follow will automatically be excluded from all filtering. Open source for the win. At Primal, we do two things. One, we build open source software for Nostra. Number two, we run a service for Nostra users powered by our software. Every part of Primal's technology stack is open-sourced under the most permissive MIT license. Anyone's free to stand up a service based on our software, fork it, make modifications to it, or and add new features to it. We run our service based on the policies we established as appropriate for Primal. Others can stand up services powered by our software and choose a different set of policies. Users are free to choose the service that best suits their needs. They can move between clients and services without any friction. This unprecedented level of user empowerment is what attracted most of us to Nostra. At Primal, we think that Nostra will change everything. We continue to work tirelessly every day to keep making it better. All right, so what do you guys think? I mean, they're, they've introduced algorithms. 
flat out, and now I can choose it or not choose it. And in fact, let's go back down here to where the algorithm says uh, there's a screenshot of the particular situation involved with algorithms. There's two that they are that they have up there now in Primal, and you can just click a checkbox. So the two algorithms are the Primal spam filter and the Primal not safe for works filter or filter. All right, those are great. I mean, I I don't have a problem with them because I can uncheck them. I can hide their content or I can not hide the content. But it's the mute list that, that it's not that it bugs me. Here's, here's where a public mute list is problematic. There are some people that I follow that I actually have muted, not because I don't like them. If I didn't like them, I wouldn't follow them, right? But there's a, like some accounts that were just posting so much and I don't know if it was a bot. I, I, I don't really know. I just know that it's like something that I want to follow, but something that I don't want to see all the time. And for like, and of course, I might have to go back to my mute list and, and readjust. But if somebody sees that, that I've muted them, the assumption is, oh my God, they, they don't like me or they, they hate me or, or he, you know, he thinks what I'm saying is stupid. No, not, I mean, in some cases, of, of, yes, I guess. But in like most cases, when I've got somebody muted and I'm also following them, it's just because I want to get that filtered out a little bit so that I can see the, you know, some of the other people. So I would like a mute list that says, you know, I, you make sure that I see, see this person every once in a while so that I remember that they're alive and I remember that I follow them and that maybe they've changed the way that they approach posting, Right. But with a public mute list, if I go to like, let's say I go over to uh, Matt O'Dell's mute list and find out that he's got me muted, you know, it's not going to make me feel good. And it's going to make me rethink, you know, what the hell am I actually listing, you know, putting out as content? I hope I'm putting out good content, but that doesn't mean that I am. But I mean, automatically I go, well, fine, screw you. I'm going to not follow you. You see where this goes. And public the fact that the mute lists are public there's nothing you can do about that there's nothing primal can do about that there's nothing i mean i guess in 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 you know every client under the sun can make sure that nobody can get to the mute list but it, you don't have to actually use a client to interact with nostr you can interact with nostr the protocol with the client that you build yourself and then you can go detect who has who muted right so eh. We're going to have to rethink how we interact with each other and what our signaling to each other actually means as we move forward into this new world. But so for the guys over at Noster or not Noster, the guys over at Primal, I'm not as mad at them as a lot of other people are because I can choose to use another client. If for whatever reason they do something that really does piss me off, like a closed, like the introduce a closed source algorithm that I can't turn off, then at that point, that would be the day that I stop using Primal. I'm just saying. Uh, Hodlebod is working hard on Noster as well. The client that he works on is Coracle. And he says, Coracle now has an Explore tab. This one is unique. It doesn't rely on a centralized server for processing recommendations, zap count, like count, or DVMs. Sorry, Pablo. Instead, it pulls NIP32 labels from your follows to show your 
topically organized content from your network. Anyone can, 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 bleh, anyone can create or contribute to curations by labeling content using the note overflow menu, but no one is forced to look at them if they don't follow you. This or what this creates is basically dynamic crowdsourced list based on your social graph. This release is just the first pass at the idea. Hopefully with D Tonnen or with D Tonnen's help, I'll be able to refine the design to include people and external URLs and include dynamic list and custom feeds. So they've, he's fixed scramble person list. He's added NIP 32 labeling for events, added explore tab, which surfaces labels from your follow list, added NIP 36 reports, fixed zaps bug and fixed uh, person info relays. So in a way, this is kind of an algorithm. Hodlebot is acting as an algorithm. Understand that. When we start building tools, we're actually building our own ideals, what we want to see, how we interpret the world into those tools. And when I use a tool that you built, I'm literally interacting with your view on the world, right? You put everything of yourself in your tools or anything that you release, whether you write a blog post, whether you post a note on Noster, whether you record a, a, a podcast or whatever it is that you build, you're putting everything that you are into that thing that you build. And in the case of Hoddlebod, it's, you know, it's sort of like yet another way that we insert algorithms into these systems. So if you ever think, that there's going to be one day an algorithm-free world, you're fooling yourself. Every single one of us is already an algorithm. And we change our own algorithm as we move through life, as we experience new things and interact with other people and pick up new ideas. We combine that into who it is that we are, and that will come out in everything that we build, touch, taste, see, feel. It doesn't matter. Algorithms are here. They always have been. Before we figured out how to make electricity flow the way we wanted it to flow, there were algorithms in the world. Just look at any government. There's an algorithm there as well. All right. So uh, relay.tools. All right. Here's my thing with relays. They're, they are the backbone of Nostr. So they have to be here. I have the ability to spin up a relay on my node BTC, which is the my Bitcoin full node software and the thing that I use to run my lightning node. All right. And it's sitting over here on a raspberry Pi four and it's been humming along for years at this point, literal years because it's been running more than two years. <coughs> it's got a built the ability for me to spin up a relay and I turned it on and I have literally no idea what the hell to do with it. If you're in the same boat, you might go over to relay.tools and you can spin up your own relay. It'll be in the cloud and it's going to cost you like 25,000 Satoshis to do it, but you can do it really easily at relay.tools because it's just got a, a graphic user interface. And the very first thing is it says it's got a box and it says, you know, there's a, a box to type in some name. So I put in Bitcoin and, and then it automatically gives it the extension .noster1.com, and then I can choose to deploy that with a little deploy button. 
When it does, it says, hey, get Alby. This guy wants to spend 25,000 Satoshis to spin up a relay. Cut that invoice for him, and then boom, get Alby gives me the invoice. And if I so choose, I can go ahead and pay that invoice. And it's about like, I think it was like $5, a little over $5 as of, well, as of the prices earlier this morning. God only knows what it is now. And boom, I could have a relay. I don't know how long that relay would last. I don't exactly know, you know, what I can do with it just yet, but it's a step further than the interface that I have with my node BTC. And I'm be, I'm going to be playing around with that thing earlier or later on today. Uh, digital contracts is coming or may be coming to Noster in the form of a NIP 79, a Noster improvement proposal abstract Oh, by the way, this is from Zemuj, X-E-M-U-J on GitHub. Uh, Abstract says this, wait a minute. I, I got distracted again. This NIP proposes a new event type of kind 900 to represent digital contracts, covenants, and agreements within the Nostra protocol itself. These classifications are conceptual and aim to categorize the content of the contract. These can be signed, verified, and referenced by other events in the protocol. As digital transactions, promises, and agreements become more prevalent, it's essential to have a standardized representation of contracts, covenants, and agreements inside of Noster. And this NIP aims to provide a structure and guidelines for creating, signing, and managing these within the Noster protocol. So here are the types. A contract, a legally binding agreement between two or more parties, a covenant, a written written promise or a restriction within a contract or agreement, and then the agreement, which is a mutual understanding between parties regarding their relative rights and responsibilities. The format is... Following NIP 23, long-form content, the content should be in markdown format to structure and present the content in a human-readable manner. And then there's he addresses metadata using NIP 78. Then he addresses timestamping with open timestamps. And then there's references and linking. Now, So what does all this mean? It means he's building kind 900 which would be an executable contract that I can sign and verify that I signed. And other people can say, you signed that. That's your signature. How do I know? Because you used your insect to actually sign this contract. So let's say that I've got a deal worked out with Rev.Hoddle, which I do. He's going to pay me X percentage of whatever tickets that I can sell for him on his upcoming permaculture class up there in, uh, actually, hold on, up there in Baroda, Michigan. Let's say that we wanted a more formal agreement, but we really didn't want to send paper to each other. With a kind 900, we could actually lay out in Markdown the complete instrumentation of a contract, and both of us agree to it by signing it with our respective insect keys on Noster and it should be enforceable in a United States court of law should one or both of us decide to breach said contract. And the reason is because 
it should be evident or could be made readily evident to a court that we did in fact sign this agreement because our inset keys are there. There's a lot more to go into this. It's going to take a long time for something like this to actually be really presentable, but everything can be done on Noster. That's the point. I have the ability to sign with keys that nobody can sign for uh, sign for me with unless my keys get compromised. But we already have that in the real world anyway. There's you know things such as forged documents. But covenants, contracts, and agreements are coming to Noster. It's gonna be it's gonna be insane. This is gonna be great. Speaking of Reverend Hoddle, please, 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 he's got twenty one tickets. Well, he's got a total of 21 tickets for his uh, permaculture class, which is called the Rev Hoddles Applied Permaculture Class and Fireside Bitcoin Meetup. The tickets are 250,000 Satoshis, Sunday, September the 17th, 2023, and then the day before for just the uh, Fireside Chat, if you want to go to to just that. Um, He's going to take you on a tour. He's going to feed you lunch. There's some camping availability right there on his spot, but essentially it's how to build resilience into your life using some of the concepts of permaculture. There's going to be like a nice little tour. I've seen a picture of his, you know, he's got a picture of his property up. It's he's the guy knows what he's doing. So if you want to see permaculture in action before you like decide, Hey, you know, I've heard about all this permaculture stuff and I'm, I have no idea what the hell it is that, you know, that it does. Well, you can go see a demonstration and it's really important for people to understand what permaculture is before they either want to dive into it or, you know, or, or naysay it. That's really important because all the naysayers, Oh, there's no way you can feed the world with permaculture. Yeah. Well, that's probably because you don't understand what it is. And if you want to understand more about it, then rev.hodl's permaculture class in Baroda, Michigan is the way to go. Now let's run the numbers. CNBC features in commodities. I got oil. West Texas intermediate is up damn near two points today. $83 and 18 cents. Brent North sea is up just over a point to 86.80. Natural gas is up scant to $2 and 79 cents per thousand. Gasoline, however, is down one and a third to 2.77 a gallon. Good luck finding it. All of your metal rocks are sucking swamp water. Gold down a third of a point to 1966 and 70 cents. Silver is down 1.13. Platinum is down 0.69%. Copper is down a quarter. Palladium down two thirds of 1%. Most of agriculture sucking swamp water as well. The biggest loser today is sugar over 1% of the downside. The only things up are chocolate and rice. Rice is up 0.27% to the upside. Live cattle is up a half. Lean hogs are down one and a third. Feeder cattle are up a fifth of a point. The Dow is down 0.12%. S&P is up 0.1%. NASDAQ is up almost a half. The S&P mini is up by a third. Real money chilling out at $26,477, so we've lost a whole bunch of that momentum. That's okay. You knew it was going to happen. 
Oh, average transaction value is uh, 0.72 BTC. Median transaction value is 57 bucks. Block time are high, 10 minutes and 35 seconds. Got 0.18 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis and 25 taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. I bet you can guess what the mempool is doing or mempools around the world rather. Uh, with a 12.5% decrease in hash rate, we are at 358.8 exahashes per second so with that price drop comes some drop off from miners who are like going oh well i, I can't afford i, I at twenty seven thousand six hundred, i could afford it at where we are now at 26.477 some miners about 12.7 percent of the miners can't afford it or so they are signaling dogecoin your shitcoin indicator is six point for United States pennies. I got $512.9 billion of market capitalization. That's just under 4% of gold's market cap. There are 19,472,393 Bitcoin in circulation, 4,662 of which are in the Lightning Network, valued at $122.8 million, running on 16,200 total nodes. Uh, 67,997 payment channels are available and 74 Point zero percent of all of it's being run over Tor. Mempools are packed and stacked. We're talking about over 160 blocks containing almost half a million trans unconfirmed transactions waiting to clear at priority rates of 12 Satoshis per V-byte. Low priority rate is also 12 Satoshis per V-byte. Anything under 6.8 Satoshis per V-byte are being purged from mempools. Uh, there is a hash rate of 393.7 exahashes per second, according to mempool.space. So figure out the average for yourself. I'm number five on Fountain Charts. Thank you to Henry GQJ with 20,000 sats. And Henry, I did get that particular Satoshi uh, amount of Satoshis. I verified it uh, on my lightning note. It says, thank you, David, the Earl of oil and king of the cough. <laughs> Henry also comes back with another 8,000 and says also pfaf.org needs donations. Yes, that incredibly useful pfaf.org, pfaf.org with all the useful plant information on it. They also don't accept Bitcoin. So just be polite and ask them if they will accept a donation in BTC. They said they don't to me, so I'm curious as to how many people we can get to ask them before they capitulate. Let's take a moment and talk about PFAF. If it hadn't been for Henry, I would have never known about this website. I know about a lot of plant websites, and I've never seen this one before. And this one is awesome. Over 8,000 plants are cataloged within this thing. Which by itself is like, yeah, so what? Yeah, but you can search. Its search functionality is exquisite. I can say, I, I, can, I can do something like this. I want to search for plants that are highly edible, but also have a very high medicinal rating. I want uh, to select their edible usage. Like I also, like I want them to be edible. I want them to be medicinal, but I also want them to act as a coloring agent or a condiment or as a tea or maybe even a curdling agent. I want their medicinal purposes of which there are like a hundred 
here listed and all these are check boxes. I can say I want all of that that I told you before and it needs to be anti-dandruff or anti-dermostotic. Who knows? Whatever. I mean, there's antidepressant, anti-diarrheal, epilepsy. Uh, I can select any of those. I can have other uses, like I want all of that, and I want it to also be a fuel and a fungicide. By the way, at this point, you're not going to find any plants. It's the, the whole point is that the search function on this thing is out of this world. I can, I can select, like, I just, I don't care what plants I get. Just give me the flowering times in, that it's in flowering in April. There's so many different selectable uh, search functions in this thing. So go to, if you're looking for a plant that grows in your hardiness zone, you want it to flower at a specific time, and you want it to act like a pectin, and you want it to have a great taste, then go to pfaf.org and start using that website. Also, go to their donation page. There's an email to a guy that you can email. Be polite. Ask them if they accept Bitcoin. I did that this morning because Henry told me to. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do that for him. Dubrovko with a thousand sats says, Did you know that Hillary Clinton has stepped out of politics to help the American boutique tobacco growers to capture more of the international market? Google Clinton cigar story to learn more. Hey, don't do that. Do not Google Clinton cigar story. Okay, please, please, please. Uh, Monard with 500 says Google storm clouds incoming for El Salvador. Will Google compromise or influence El Salvador's Bitcoin adoption? (laughs) Absolutely. They will. God's death. 370 sat says, thank you, sir. No, thank you. Pies with a hundred says solution revolution. Pies with another hundred says, thank you, sir. No, thank you. That's going to do it for the weather report. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. And we are still on Noster. Pablo F7Z with yet another release on his data vending machine, also known at, well, actually his, his data vending machine store, which is Vin Data. That's right. Vin Data. Uh, it's actually vindata.io if you want to know, but let's, let's get into this. He has a new, a brand new digital vending machine that he's released on vindata.io. It's called You Might Have Missed. This data vending machine implements a very simple, but a very useful algorithm. Again, we're back into algorithms. That was one of my favorite features on Twitter. It finds content that your network has deemed interesting, but that you probably have missed. Remember, the fact that this algorithm is a DVM means that any Nostra client can now offer you to use this algorithm, or any other for that matter, more choice, better for Nostra. Okay, great, great. Let's dive in just a little bit more in detail of what Pablo's saying because he talks about it a little bit further. He says about the, you might have missed algorithm. This data vending machine implements a very simple, but a very useful algorithm. It wait, but hold on. No, 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 no. That this is what I just read you that one. This is the one. How does it work? That's the one I'm looking for. It calculates at what times you were active by reading events with your signature present plus a time window. 
It then fetches everything your network reposted, any note that was never reposted while you were active is collective. Notes that were reposted are scored by the number of times your followers have done it and the top 50 are then shuffled and 25 notes are then returned to you. How to use it? Well, Vendata.io, of course, and that's exactly what I did. I went over to Vendata.io and I've told you about Vendata before. In fact, let me see exactly where that was. Hold on for a second and I will get you Vendata. Vendata. That was episode 782. If you want a more in-depth view of what's going on in, in Vendata when I uh, released it the first time, I talk about it in Ven, or uh, in episode 782 of Bitcoin. And so I go over to Vendata and I find this, this DVM, data vending machine, and I start using it. And so what I told it is like, look, tell me everything I missed about Noster. So that was the keyword that I put in. I didn't put in a whole lot more. It's got some other fields that I could I could fill out, but I basically just said, just what did I miss from Noster? And it indeed returned me 25 items from what I missed or what I might have missed. And one of the things that I might have missed was Edward Snowden with his note that said, every time I return to this app, it has improved. And that's the first one on the list. But I saw that one while I was actually on Noster. Okay. But I didn't see the cartoon that Lena Seach released. I didn't see a note from Derek Ross that said, I used to send three lightning payments a month. Now I send three a minute. It's wild. Noster did this. Uh, I did. And I actually found out that Hoddlebod did that Coracle thing from this algorithm or this data vending machine. That the the Coracle thing where you uh, was talking about the Explore tab for Coracle and that it's new. That's how I found out about it. Roya, or actually Roya says, don't trust verify includes your favorite influencers. But Parker Lewis, I totally didn't see this one. He apparently on back on August the 25th was kicking off his crowdfund today, which was on the 25th. Download and share chapter one of the Gradually Then Suddenly book. Uh, Bitcoin obsoletes all other money. View the proof of paint that goes along with it at unchained.com forward slash GTS forward slash chapter one. You can support my crowdfund if you would like gradually then suddenly dot XYZ forward slash crowdfund. I missed that. I had no idea that Parker Lewis was releasing his first chapter for free. And now I know where to go get it. All because Pablo who apparently doesn't sleep, I guess because he doesn't need it, decided that it'd be a real good idea to redesign the Twitter algorithm as a data vending machine, I paid a thousand Satoshis to get this list. And it not, I mean, it, it actually gives me the whole note. I don't have to click on something to go to the note in some other, th- it just brings the note up, right? So I can read this in native format right from the data vending machine return results that I paid a thousand Satoshis for. Pablo, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because before this, when I was on Twitter, I always used the search function because I basically knew what, or the Twitter advanced search. And I could find, I could zero in on a whole bunch of stuff. If you can, like, I would like this data vending machine, this particular one, or maybe even a different one, to basically mimic all the fields 
that you can find in the Twitter advanced search and turn that into its own data vending machine and call it maybe Noster advanced search so that I can look at timestamps. Uh, certain people that are posting during during at a certain time or on, and on a certain day with a certain keyword, like I could go search Peter Schiff and how he hates get Bitcoin last year on this day. I you see what I'm saying, and I would pay. I'd pay Satoshi's for that. I would definitely pay Satoshi's for that. All right. So now let's see. Are we into anything else? Let me go ahead and do this one. Get Albi. All right, so we're now off of Noster, although not so far away from Noster that we can't see straight, but introducing the Albi developer portal. This was actually released yesterday by Git Albi. Uh, hey, builder community, we're here to talk about something fresh that we've shipped. Since the introduction of the Albi Wallet API, the Albi team has continually invested in the API and developer experience to make building with Bitcoin feel effortless. By focusing on clean documentation, libraries, and SDKs with hands-on walkthroughs, our set of tools has been used by many projects out there, such as the winners of the AI for All Hackathon. There are even rumors that it takes less than one hour for developers to integrate Bitcoin payments into an application with the tool set from Albi. Still, we're always looking for ways to further improve the experience for our community of developers, and this is why we're excited to announce the launch of a new Albi developer portal to make building on Bitcoin even faster. For some time, these tools were hidden among the list of code repositories on GitHub or required interaction with the Albi team to get access to. We thought we could do better. Building on Bitcoin, such as accepting payments from your own users or letting users send payments to each other, can feel like climbing an endless mountain range. Once you climb the first summit, you'll already see the next higher one. As if understanding Bitcoin was not enough of a rabbit hole. So we set out to create a portable that helps you, one, get an overview of available components, two, get started at your own pace, and three, learn which components fit together and are needed for your app. So what's new? A user interface to create OAuth clients. You can connect Albi users to your app and outsource all things Bitcoin to Albi. No node management or payment processing. Users can log into your app with Albi. Using the Albi Wallet API, you can request limited access to their account, such as sending and receiving payments, reading a balance, or decoding lightning invoices. Create the necessary credentials in your developer account. A UI to create access tokens. An access token allows you to access your personal Albi account from your application with the Albi Wallet API and detailed access permissions. Just set the scope of your application, add an expiration date, and create a token. A UI to create webhooks. Webhooks allow you to listen to incoming or outgoing payments from your Albi account, receive instant notifications of payments, and process them inside your apps. How to process webhook is described in the API documentation. They've updated developer packages. They've updated Albi JS SDK. 
They've updated Lightning Tools. Here's the blurb for that one. Lightning Tools are a collection of highly useful and neutral tools for working with Lightning addresses, Boostergrams, Nostras apps, L402 for monetizing APIs, and more. They abstract away big parts of the complexity when handling Bitcoin payments. Depending on your case or your use case, it might even be enough to just use a Lightning address as your Bitcoin backend to handle payments from your users or customers. The fact that you can use Lightning tools in pure HTML and JavaScript environments such as CodePen makes your start even easier. So web developers, watch out. The Albi browser extension exposes a set of APIs such as WebLN that makes the interaction with the Bitcoin Lightning wallets from your users incredibly easy. But that's not all. The extension exposes more APIs such as window.noster and window.albi and more to come, all conveniently documented in one guide, and there's a link to that. Sending or receiving payments became just one of many use cases. Although it's still early days, we wouldn't have gotten this far without all of you already using these tools and providing the insights. If you have ideas to improve these libraries, APIs, or the documentation around them, let us know. We'll build for builders and are thankful for any feedback. So GitAlby has just released an entire website that is a portal for all the developers, and it is at getalby.com forward slash developer getalby.com forward slash developer if you didn't get it the first two times it's getalby.com forward slash developer damn it it's a website you go there i just clicked on it and it said basically alby developer portal uh please confirm your email address it kind of i guess it kind of wants that um Create lightning-powered apps and add lightning to your existing apps and websites easily with Albi's powerful building blocks. Automate your Albi account. There's all kinds of stuff here, man. So OAuth clients, Albi JS SDK, the lightning tools, the Albi wallet API, browser extension, Nostra wallet connect, GitHub repositories, bounties, OAuth clients, webhooks, and the new access token. Every like basically, it's just these are just buttons that you press. So I pressed new access token. Okay, well, we'll say now it brings me to this page. It's just developer forward slash access underscore tokens new. And then it says create a token to access your personal Albi account from your application with the Albi wallet API. And then it wants me to set the scope of my application. Do I want account colon red invoice colon create? Invoices colon red transactions colon red balance colon red payments colon send. Wow, and then I can create my access tokens just using this. So it's like basically a plug-and-play user interface for being able to interact with GitAlby's tools. If you're a developer and you have been trying to figure this one out, you might want to try GitAlby.com forward slash developer. Now, where are we at? Okay, yeah, okay, I'm not going to read it, but Swift, you know, the way that banks interact with sending each other wire transfers, Swift says that blockchain integration is more plausible than unifying CBDCs. I'm just going to let you chew on that one. And that's going to do it for the morning roundup. Dad says jokes. I got one from dad says jokes. I hired a handyman and gave him 
A to-do list. When I got home, only items 1, 3, and 5 got done. Turns out he only does odd jobs. Did you cringe? You should have. I did. If you want to support the show, Podcasting 2.0 is the way to go. You can give me boostograms and ask me questions there. You can... Show, you can send me news items if you want to. Hey, you didn't cover this, and you did. Did you see this note in Noster? Did you see, do this? Did you see that? You can, you can, you can point the finger at me and laugh in a boostergram. As long as you send me some satoshis, I'll be more than happy to laugh along with you. You can also stream me satoshis. Also, for the people that just don't want to stream me satoshis, and they also don't have. I don't know, you know, enough fiat to throw in a bucket and throw it out a window. You can always donate your time. You can give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That actually works better than you might think because of the algorithms of the world, which was a major centerpiece of today's show. Uh, Also, please, 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 please. While it is true that there are several people that are pissed off at Primal, I don't think there's any real reason to be pissed off about the way that they are doing things because you can always go find somebody else who's doing things a different way. Everybody is an algorithm. There's no way that you can excise the algorithm that you are from the tools that you build. So while I understand that Simisol and Corn DeLorean are picking bones with the guys over at Primal. And I also think that that's good too, by the way. I'm not not getting on them about it. I just, I hope that we can keep it civilized, right? So with all that said, we're going to play out the show. By the way, um, there was a, there was a, somebody said something about, can I chapterize the, uh, chapterize the show? I can't do that right now uh, because SoundCloud doesn't, they're just not plugged into podcasting 2.0 and really good tags and, you know, some of the others. It's basically bare bones, right? But I understand what's being said. This particular person really didn't want to have to like, you know, fast forward through all the music because they just wanted to get back to the show. I get that. So I'm going to put today's music from Two bit to fail. At the end of the show, with Money Printer Go Burr, and I will see you on the other side. Money Printer Go Burr, Money Printer Go Burr, Money Printer, Money Printer, Money Printer Go Burr. Während die Money Printer Maschine läuft, kauf ich im Hintergrund Satoshis und geh all in Bitcoin. Ja, 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 jetzt wird wieder in die Hände gespuckt, es wird wieder Money, Money, ohne Ende gedruckt. Yeah, Sparen ist so vintage, jetzt wird geprintet, instant, wir brauchen noch mehr Tinte, no limit. Miss Lagarde ist in Fahrt, printet hart, unser Geld ist wie der Darm, völlig im Arsch. Die EZB wie ein Jockey, die machen die sind wie Frieren beim Hockey und es geht Auf zum Galopp, kauf dein Stock, pump it up Wert von Fiat Money existiert ausschließlich in dem Kopf Geldmengenbestände verdoppler Zentralbanken machen den Heli, 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 Helikopter Money Printer Go, Money Printer Go Money Printer, Money Printer, Money Printer Go Während die Money Printer Maschine läuft Kauf ich im Hintergrund Satoshis und geh all in Bitcoin Money Printer Go, Money Printer Go Money Printer, Money Printer, Money Printer Go Während die Money Printer Maschine läuft Kauf ich im Hintergrund Satoshis und geh all in Bitcoin Thank you.
Money Printer, Hardy Winter, wie stark Strom, Kabel, Draht am Fassen zitter. Money Printer, Presse, baut Druck auf, wie Heroin, Junkies im Suchtrausch, Kapitaldruck, Sound. Nur ein, zwei Tastenkombinationen erschaffen Millionen raus, die Kaufkraft wird der Masse gestohlen. Money Printer läuft in Endlosschleife, Branded Scheine, M2 steigern, Geld verschleifend. Ich kauf angstlos Messets, weil belangloses Cash kriegt die Banknote 6, wird an Handnot ersetzt. Gib mir Money Print, mehr Money out of thin air, Kantillionär gewinnt mehr. Jetzt wird nachgeladen, die Bazooka schussbereit. Schalte den Drucker ein, ruckzuck, spuck ein Schein. Spiel Automaten, hol alles aus der Maschine raus. Mach den fucking Fiat Sound. Money Printer go, Money Printer go, Money Printer, Money Printer, Money Printer go. Während die Money Printer Maschine läuft, kauf ich im Hintergrund Satoshis und geh all in Bitcoin. Mach, 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 Money Printer go, Money Printer go, Money Printer, Money Printer, Money Printer go. Während die Money Printer Maschine läuft, kauf ich im Hintergrund Satoshis und geh all in Bitcoin. Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.